I'm so glad that each of you are here for part three of our message series. And I know what some of you are thinking. I know how you think because it's the same way that I think. Can he get a message in in this length of time? And I can. Now, I know I'm from the South. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. That is no secret. I have a Southern draw. But when necessary, I can talk quick. And I plan on doing it today. But at the same time, I want us to be sure that we get everything that God has for us in these moments together. We've been talking about how do you and I live this Jesus kind of life because that is the kind of life that we truly want to live. And I want to spend a little time this morning talking about the teaching of Jesus. And the reality is this, and this is so important, you and I will never be able to truly follow Jesus without embracing what Jesus taught. Let me say that again. How can you follow him if you are not embracing what he taught? So right up front, I want to toss this out for you to give some consideration too. Often when people think about the earthly ministry of Jesus, we know about how long that it lasted, uh, just a brief 30-something years. But when people generally think, a lot of people do this, they think about his earthly ministry, it goes something like this. Well, I know why Jesus came into the world. Jesus came into the world to die on the cross, and that he, that he did. And we're so grateful. That's why you and I will be able to uh, share eternity with God. It's because Jesus died on the cross. But a lot of people just leave it right there. And basically, they think that's it. Jesus came into the world to die on the cross, and everything else up to that point was just ba- basically filler. It's just he did some things during that three years of public ministry. But uh, you know what was really, he was just filling time until he went to the cross. And I want you to grasp this truth today. Jesus is teaching leading up to the cross, was not just killing time until he went to the cross. His teaching, and we've got to fundamentally understand this, friends. His teaching was central to his ministry. And again, you and I will never have the privilege of being his student, his pupil, his follower, unless we know what his teachings are and unless we devote ourselves to living them out. So what I want to do is I want to take you Uh, to uh, a a specific time, one of those occasions when Jesus is teaching, and I want you to notice with me the reaction to the people as Jesus is teaching. This is out of Mark chapter 1, and the guys are going to put this up on the screen, so take a look at it. It says, it's Jesus and his followers, it said that they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed. Look at this now. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. So there was something that was remarkably different. We know this about the teaching of Jesus. Now, on the front edge of this talk, and I promise you I'll be able to get it in the next 27 minutes, but on the front edge of this talk, The really big question that I have for you this morning is this. Are you going to embrace Jesus as your teacher? You you say, well, I've, you know, I've received him as my savior. And some of you uh, have not done that yet. And I hope that you'll do that. I hope that you'll open up your heart to, to Jesus and everything that he did do for you. But will we all receive him as our teacher? And if your answer to that is yes, then you actually have an exciting journey that is ahead of you for the rest of your life because you will devote yourselves to reading 
his teachings and studying his teachings and trusting him and doing what Jesus said to do. And this is the essence of a Jesus kind of life because how can you and I ever live a Jesus kind of life? Just think about it. How could we ever live a Jesus kind of life if we are not following the teachings of Jesus? So in regards to the teaching of Jesus, I want to take you to one of his primary teachings uh, that, that he has, and we're going to take a look at that, and then we're going to talk about that for just a few moments. It, it's one of the more pronounced uh, teachings that Jesus ever gave. And, and again, several verses, but we'll look at it together. Here we go. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, now this is very important, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Of all of the commandments, which is the most important? And I'll come back to how many commandments there actually was. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. And he quotes out of Deuteronomy, actually. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Look at the next portion of this. The second is this. I'm going to give you a second command. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now Jesus has jumped over from Deuteronomy 6, 4 to Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher. The man replied, you are right. This is what he's saying to Jesus. You're right in saying that God is one and that there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your soul and understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbors yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now look at how Jesus responds. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he says to this guy, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. And I love what is happening here. It's fantastic to see how Jesus responds to this guy here in verse 34. He looks at the guy after, you know, Jesus has said, here are the two greatest commandments. You want to know why the greatest commandments of all? And he gives him two. And he said, these are the, and then the guy sort of reiterates that. And, and Jesus responds to this guy, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Now, when Jesus says to this guy, you are not far from the kingdom of God, what is Jesus actually saying? Is he saying to this guy, you really have a good chance of getting into heaven when you die? Not on this occasion. That is not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is actually saying to this guy, and I want you to be sure you get this, Jesus is saying to this guy, you get it. You understand what is central to my teaching. You understand what is central to living in the kingdom of God. And it's, it's like he's saying to this guy, but all the other hearers, you can live this. You can do this. And if you do these things, you are truly living my kind of life. And that's why we're seeking to do, to talk about during this series. How do we live a Jesus kind of life? And Jesus would say, I'll tell you how. Love God with every part of your being and love people. Love God and love people. Now, in, in those verses we just looked at, you know, they were discussing and debating the commandments. What you may not know is that there were, great, there were great debates about the commandments during Jesus' day, and I'm not specifically talking about the Ten Commandments. In fact, during this particular time, 
all of the commandments, and when I say all of the commandments, I'm not talking about from the Bible because there'd be various other commandments and oral traditions and responses that would be added and so forth. But did you know that during this time, because a list was made of all the different commandments, and do you realize, I'll just give you the number, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be breathtaking, I think, to, to a lot of you. Do you know how many commandments there were in Jesus' day? I'll tell you. You're going to be surprised. 613. 613 of them. Now, did Jesus ever say to any of his followers, and most of you, a lot of you have read the Gospels, and you're somewhat at least familiar with Jesus' teachings. Did Jesus ever one time say to his students, hey, I I want you to sit down. And by the way, I hope you brought a lunch because we're going to be here a while because I've got about 600 plus commandments that I'm going to walk you through. Did Jesus do that? No, he didn't. In fact, Jesus never did that. What he does instead is this. He said, I am going to take, and I want you to think about how profound this is. Jesus said, I am going to take all of the commandments, and I'm going to summarize them. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to distill them down to two, so I want you to listen up. Are you listening? Are you ready? Jesus is talking to him, and he said, here, take them all. Let's bring them down to two. Here's the two most important. Love God and love people. And what Jesus is doing, friends, is letting us know that when it comes to his teachings and to our following, that these two, command, these two commandments are always going to be front and center. Jesus is always going to say again and again in his teaching, and plays out in different ways, but it always comes back to this fundamental reality. Jesus is saying, you want to know what's really, really important? I want you to love God, and I want you to love people. And I want to get really practical here. And, and, and I want to ask you a question, and, and hopefully it's nobody in this service. And if it is somebody in this service, please, by all means, don't point to them or don't just give me a little, you know, a little sign like right here. This is who you're right here next to me. Don't do that. I'm just asking a question. I'm not trying to stir up any trouble. Have you ever known anyone who went to church year after year, maybe knew a lot about the Bible, maybe a lot more even than you do, maybe even got some recognition or kudos for their spirituality from time to time, and yet it was so blatantly obvious that they were not growing in love. Wave at me if you hear what I'm saying. Not growing in love. And there's something wrong with that picture. In fact, can I just say it to you this time, uh, this way, anytime that somebody asks you, how is your spiritual life going or a variation of that? How are you doing spiritually? What's going on in your spiritual life these days? Uh, How are you doing spiritually? The first thought that you ought to have is this, am I growing in my love for God? Am I growing in my love for people? Because that is the essence of a Jesus kind of life. It's what Jesus, I mean, Jesus just says it. He said, listen, he said, you want to know what are the two most important commandments? You want to know above all else? I, I know that you've heard there's like 613 of these commandments flying around, and you want to know what really matters? You love God, and you love people. And that's so important. And Jesus, again, he focuses on this again and again. You've got to love God. You've got to love people. And as it relates to the teaching of Jesus, he taught a lot about this law of love because all the commandments, he said, are really wrapped up in these two great commandments. So if somebody asks you, how are you doing spiritually? If somebody asks you, what is your spiritual life like? If somebody asks you, do you feel like you are growing in God? Then I think always, based on what Jesus is saying, a good place to begin is to just pause and say, and to really think about it. And I hope that even right now, right here, you would stop for a moment and you would say, am I growing 
spiritually. And how do I know whether or not I am or not? Do I love God? Is that growing? Do I love people? Is that growing? And so what I want to do now in the brief time that remains is I want to take you to three places in the New Testament where Jesus is teaching. And what I'm going to do, they're not on the screen, but I'm going to read these passages and I want you to listen to them very carefully. And after I read, and I'll do it just sort of one at a time, I'm going to make just a few observations and then we're going to be done. So I'm going to, I'm going to just read three passages and I'll just give them to you. Uh, you may want to go back and uh, look at them later. Let me give you the first one. Luke chapter 14, verses 7 through 11. Luke 14, 7 through 11. And let me read it for you. All right. So here we go. Listen carefully. When Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. Jesus is going to tell a parable. He says to all of his hearers, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, and he gives that, he could have given many other examples, but in this context, he uses a wedding feast. When somebody invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, then listen, and it's got a humorous element to it to me. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat, then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. Verse 10, but when you're invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you're going to be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. And then Jesus gives this profound remark, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's like Jesus, and maybe he's in a gathering of a crowd, and, and, I, and I think Jesus was a lot like a lot of us are. How many of you are people watchers? Wave your hand at me, are people watchers. How many of you could sit in a mall or in a big business, and you could sit there for an extended period of time, and you could just watch people? You could just watch people. How many of you know there's some interesting people in the world? There's some interest. You know where you really want to see some interesting people? If you've got a layover in some airports across America, just sit in the gate where you're at and just watch some interesting people walk by. And so Jesus is at an event or a banquet of some kind, and he is people watching, and he notices that many people are jockeying for a position. They're scrambling around for some status, and this becomes the baseline for some great teaching from Jesus. And Jesus said, all right, this is how it ought to play out. And he gives, and I'll just sort of re- invert what he, he says it last, but he's thinking at first, you know, if you exalt yourself, you're going to be humble. But if you humble yourself, you're going to be exalted. And he gives this idea about, you know, in, in our modern day uh, reality, we would think maybe at a head table of someplace. And, and, and you know, I, I know that this is not given to be literal and and. I'll come back and and I'll touch on why I'm saying that, Uh, but I think it has a literal interpretation. In fact, having read this a number of years ago, uh, I started putting this into practice in my life literally because I've been in events before and there wasn't like numbers on tables or names on tables or things like that. And so I've walked in these events and, and I've been mindful of this passage of scripture. And I'm like, well, where do I sit? Where do I go? And then I remember the teaching of Jesus. And Jesus said, listen, Jeff, 
If you walk into a place and you don't know where to go, by all means, do not head, head for a seat at the head table. In fact, Jeff, you would be better off if you just have a little tiny table back in the corner somewhere, maybe in the kitchen, maybe in a janitorial closet. That may be, that may be the best place for you. Because, again, this sticks out in my mind, literally. What if I sit at the wrong place? I mean, how embarrassing, how humiliating would it be? For, and I think about this, for somebody to walk over and say, Jeff, this is not your spot. No, you can't sit here. Come out here. That's all the other people. That's the dogs and the cats and the chickens. And <laughs> Here's your seat. This is where you go. It's where you ought to be. And Jesus said, you know, you just go for the humble place. You just go, you know, don't head for the place of honor. You go, and Jesus said it like this, you go to the lowest place, the tiny table, far removed. And then if there's a better seat that the host wants you to be, he'll come and get you. In fact, Jesus said, you'll feel pretty good about that. I mean, it's sort of humorous, isn't it? Jesus said, you'll, you'll feel pretty good about that because the host will come and get you and take you to a better table. And, and I encourage you, when that happens, please do not have a swagger about you. Just take it humbly. Now, is Jesus saying, is that all he's saying? And none of this applies unless we're going to a big banquet or a dinner or a party of some sort? Is Jesus saying, this only applies when you're at an event like this? Not at all. I mean, there is the literal reality, of course, that we can apply. But do you know what Jesus is actually saying here? Jesus is saying, reconsider how you evaluate status. Reconsider how you evaluate status. You know what I what I uh, I think about so often in my life. This is what I try to think about. And there was a guy in in my life, a mentor of mine, that he modeled it so beautifully. If I could only before I die live up live up to the way that he modeled this in his life. But this is what I've tried to pattern myself after. Jeff, take God very seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. Reconsider status. You know, another thing I think this passage teaches us, listen, and this is going to be hard for a lot of us, and maybe I'm just talking to me, and, and so you can just cover yours. You don't have to be first all the time. You don't have to be first all the time. I can remember as a kid. I, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm just telling you, it's, it's the, I don't know where I got it from. I don't know if my dad, my grand, I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but I was disappointed anytime I got a second place trophy. Isn't that sad? I can remember when I was in Royal Rangers. Any of you ever hear of Royal Rangers? I can remember there was a Royal Ranger event that was taking place. And in that particular sporting event, I knew I couldn't come in number one. So I didn't even want to participate in it. And my uncle forced me. And I didn't win. And I didn't like it. <laughs> but you don't always have to be first. You don't always have to be first in line. You don't always have to be first through the door. You know what, some of you, how Jesus would be so pleased with you this week if you would learn how to hold the door open for people. Just do it sometime. You don't have to be the first one through. You don't have to stand in the grocery store and just do a quick calculation and you count the number of items in everybody's shopping basket and you do a quick deduction and you say, based on what I see developing here, I'm going in this line. Anybody besides me ever done that at least a hundred times? 
Jesus is saying, reconsider status. You don't have to be first. In fact, Jesus is saying this. Why don't you try some humility? It's the law of love. Love God. Love people. Life is bigger than you. All right, next passage. Here we go, another one. This is also out of Luke chapter 14. It picks up at verse 12. I, I, I like this. It's so, this is so interesting to me. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. Rest of it. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So what is Jesus saying here? Do we take this literally? And No, some of you want to take it literally. You're saying, what is Jesus teaching here? Is Jesus telling me I can't invite my relatives over for a meal? Nice try. Nice try. I know what some of you are thinking. Honey, I would love to have your parents over for a cookout, but Jesus said we shouldn't. <laughs> is this what Jesus is really teaching? No, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying don't have your relatives or your friends or wealthy people. That's not what Jesus is saying. You know what I really believe Jesus is teaching here? He's not teaching. He is really teaching us that a loving thing to do is to help somebody that can never repay you, somebody that could never do anything in return. And you know what? That is so crazy, isn't it, in our culture? It is so antithetical in our culture, which says, you know what? This is how it works. And we know how it works, don't we? We know. Don't pretend that you're too spiritual. You know how it works. You scratch my back, baby. I'll scratch yours. Right? And Jesus said, not you. A Jesus kind of life, a kingdom-minded life says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to love and I'm going to serve and I'm going to give even though there's never any chance of repayment whatsoever. That's why I love us being a part of the Dream Center. That's why I love that you and I had the opportunity for me. I, I, until today, I've never, I've known about the Dream Center. I mean, our church gave birth to it, but, but I've known about it. But I've, I'm like, you know what? I've never gotten fighting. I've never put skin in the game until today with you. And what I love about it is everything that we're doing there, we're never going to get repaid for that. If you go out on a first Saturday like we have, 9 a.m. to 12 noon every first Saturday of the month and cleaning up yards and doing things, you know what? Nobody's ever going to be able to repay you for doing that. And Jesus said, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? You get to do things for people, and they're never going to have a chance to pay you back. And how many of you would agree we need a lot more of that if we're going to live a Jesus kind of life? Would you agree? One more and we're done. Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 40. Listen, another teaching of Jesus. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. I've got a lot of friends who have said, who have, you know, we've talked about this verse, and here's their interpretation of the verse, all right? So we read, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to them, uh, turn to him the other also. And then they look at me, and, and then they, they just have that look in their eye, and then they're like, and then what? Can I just smack them then? 
Jesus goes on in verse 40 and says, if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. You see, friends, as we close, the Jesus kind of life often flies in the face of what is considered to be normal. That's what makes it so beautiful and wonderful. You help me, and I'll help you. That's normal. This is also normal. You hurt me, I will definitely hurt you. And what is Jesus saying? Just the opposite. He is teaching here in this law of love that it is a reality that you don't have to hit back and you don't have to hurt back. He's letting us know that we can do ridiculous kinds of things like love people who are our enemies. It's a Jesus kind of life. I didn't say it's an easy life. I didn't say that. But it's a Jesus kind of life. And that we can do things as crazy as pray for those who are not that likable or lovable. In fact, in my own life, and some of you have heard me talk about this, how I know that I've really forgiven somebody is when I've discovered that I can pray for somebody. And Jesus is just saying, you know what? And Jesus is not saying, listen, Jesus is not saying put up with abuse and, you know, some of you, you just never. Jesus is not saying, you know what, never confront anybody about anything for any reason. You know, just be everybody's doormat. Let everybody walk over you. Let everybody treat you. No, that is not the totality of the teaching of the Bible. What Jesus is simply saying is you don't have to hit back and you don't have to hurt back. And you can love and you can forgive. You can love God. And you can love people. So how is your spiritual life doing these days? How is it? Are you growing in your love for God? Are you growing in your love for people? Are you living out a Jesus kind of life? And it would serve us all well to realize that Jesus is not just a resurrected Savior, but that he also provides us with life-giving teaching. Love God. Love people. And so I challenge you this week, to begin to love as you have never loved before. Please, friends, don't ever be one that is like the example that I mentioned earlier. Somebody that sits in church week after week, month after month, year after year, knows a lot about the Bible, can quote the Bible. I've said this many times. Some of you, if you've heard me teach very long at all, you've probably at some point heard me say something like this. Most people are educated well, well beyond their level of obedience. What does that mean? They know a lot more about the Bible than what they actually put into practice. And Jesus is saying, I want you to love. Love like you've never loved before. Love God. Love people. Let's stand for closing prayer. Thank you, God, that you sent Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross on our behalf. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for that. But Lord, help us to forget, help us to never forget that you didn't just come into this world to die on the cross, but that you came to teach us and to show us the way of love. So I pray for every person here that we would love as we have never loved before, that we would love you, God, like we've never loved before, with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. And that we would love people when they're lovable and when they're likable and even to love them when they're not. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Love you, everybody. See you back here next week.